Welcome to episode 18 of Weights and Warcraft. As always, the purpose of this podcast is to provide entertainment and educational information for you. If you have a medical issue, consult a physician or qualified healthcare provider. The contents in this podcast are not meant to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now, enjoy the episode. Are you good? Ready? You got butterflies? Good, because we're already recording. All right, so uh, welcome back. We're here with... uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy, Jared Schmidt, who is one of the coaches and co-owners of Providence Barbell Club. Yep. Hello. My last name is actually Smith. Why would you write Schmidt in that? Because <laughs> everybody's last name is Smith. You know, Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I had uh, Smith down and I changed it to Schmidt because I saw that and I was like, wow, I've been a clown this whole time. No, nope. You're lucky I've known you for a while now or else I would be dead. <laughs> What did you like? Put it out on. There? I had Smith on there. I was like, "Am I going uh, crazy?" Well, we we just went for a coffee run, and I'm watching him type in his email, and his email oh, was yeah, yeah. Jared Schmidt, and I'm like, "That is not what I thought his last name was." So here I am getting nervous. No, no, that's that's a email wait, and Instagram wait a, handle because there's so many Smiths. So I, wait know, a, way to way to ruin the podcast. I know, I Jared. It. You blew it already. Thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, that My was debut is ruined. It's it, man. No one's gonna follow you now. All right. Anyways, so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How you decided on PT and stuff like that? Get into weightlifting, all that stuff. Let's see. I don't know. Where, where do you want me to begin? From the beginning. I, from the beginning with like weightlifting. Yeah. Like, how yeah. did you get into like? Well, how did you find weightlifting? Sure, sure. And how did you decide to be a PT? I guess stuff like that. Like, okay. I think that's the big one. Okay. Um, I started just like lifting weights, I guess, when I was like around 15, just like in a friend's basement and then into my basement. We had like those old, uh, you remember the, uh, the old plates that were filled with cement? Did you oh have yeah. Those? Yeah. Was I still have some at the yeah, house. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like the plastic ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> plastic on the outside. Yeah. Cement on the yeah. Inside. So we had like, just like a basic like set of those. My dad had them and, um, I started lifting there and then when I was, I think it was either the stipulation was like I had to turn 16 or I had to get my my driver's license before I could like go to a gym you know okay all right (laughs) interesting that's a new one I haven't heard that okay and so so as soon as I it was one or the other I'm pretty sure I needed to get my driver's license so I could drive myself there Um, because like not that it was like that long ago but I think back then it was like People were still unsure if it was, like, safe to lift weights if you were younger, yeah. you know? That was during the uh, don't squat past your knees yeah. kind of yeah, era. Yeah, 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 Squatting below parallels. Running is the knees. only solution to Yeah, anything. and I was a runner. I started as a runner. Oh, God. My okay. parents were yeah. runners. <clears throat> so um, we would go, me and my, I have a younger brother. He's five years younger. We would go to road races every weekend somewhere somewhere new. Because okay. my parents would go to road races, so we'd go with them, run in the races with them. So we started really young with, like, sports and athletics and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know. You know, I played, like, most sports, like, typical sports growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, um, I ran, played soccer, baseball, uh, basketball. Um, and then when I was about a junior in high school, maybe it was my senior year. I think it was my senior year. I, uh... I just started to like lifting weights more than the other sports that I was doing. Yeah. So in the winter that year, it was basketball season. I decided um, not to play basketball so I could just lift weights. <laughs> and then, yeah, all right. How did that go down? How was that? I was. I think it was all right. I don't know. And then I ran track that that uh, 
is it fall spring 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 season okay um i don't even remember because anymore. that was like in my mind fitness related so yeah. it's like it's still like power sport i guess I yeah know. even though I, I did like middle distance but and i did some jumping um so yeah, and then when I got to college, um, I just became like a typical gym rat, gym bro, just lived at the gym yeah, all yeah. day, every day. Um, I don't know, that, that was like more like bodybuilding style workouts, and then over time it just developed into um, like trying to get stronger at those lifts. Like so instead of like uh, trying to get like a pump, you know, or like trying to like get bigger, it was, like my interest got more into getting stronger. Um, I just kind of like that a little more. And then um, I started, I think I, we were talking about this earlier today. Was it with you? I was talking about seeing the throwers in the gym. No, that was, was someone me. else. No. We were talking about uh, how, like, throwers are super strong. And yeah. I saw, like, these, uh, the kids that were on the URI. I went to University of Rhode Island undergrad and graduate school. But um, there are these track guys, throwers, and they were throwing around. Like, I think at the time it was either, like, 275 pounds um, or like 315 or something like that with like power cleans and at that time you never saw anybody do anything like that so it was like holy yeah they're monsters yeah they're mutants yeah yeah yeah. so so I was like that's pretty cool I want to like try that so then I started messing around with like some power cleans I would do like clean and press like power clean and press and then um, I remember seeing some guy do snatches I didn't know what they were at the time but it was a snatch. Now I yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like, you know, this violent movement from the hip all the way overhead. And um, I was, I guess I was doing like a hybrid, like power building. Okay. They call it now. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that's cool. But like, I don't know if he's really working his shoulders enough because I thought it was like an upper body exercise. Yeah. So I, what I did was I was like, I'm going to make that my own exercise. And so I, <laughs> I took it from the hip and did like, Almost like a, a front raise. <laughs> I was like, "This is the right way to do it." <laughs> and you were so sold on yeah. that, right? That's yeah. funny. I was like, "This this really works the muscle, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Really, yeah. really works the muscle." Um, and then you know, years later, I found out that that guy probably looked at me and said, "This idiot." Look at this dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, okay, so that was undergrad, and then. Um, so undergrad, I I can I'll try to kill two birds with one stone with this All question. Right, so it. undergrad, yeah. I did I majored in uh, phys ed, physical education. Um, I kind of flip flop back and forth between PT and that, but I didn't want to go to grad school. Okay, I, it's it always was a big extra yeah. school, extra money. You know, I didn't think I wanted to make that commitment. Um, I taught for a couple of years, and then I was like, ah, okay, I think I want to go to grad school. Yeah. <laughs> so. So then I had to go back to school, take some prerequisites, <clears throat> and during that time, I worked at a PT clinic um, just to make sure that it was like something that I would actually like. So I, I worked at that clinic for a year, and the guy that owned that clinic also owned a CrossFit gym. Okay. And so um, we would close the clinic at eight, and then a couple days, he would ask me to go to the gym with him. And so it would just be like me, him, and then like maybe one or two other people. Like it wasn't open hours. It was right. just like, let's right. go. And I remember the first day I went there, <clears throat> I forget the workout we did, but I remember, <clears throat> sorry, this coffee's uh The coffee and the, uh, the on it, whatever power <laughs> yeah. shot thing it took is <laughs> yeah. like getting you. The alpha yeah. brain is getting to my brain. Um, yeah, so uh, we did, I, I remember there was some rope climbs. 
some handstand push-ups, uh, some rowing, and some, I think, snatches. I think that was all one workout. I might be getting a couple of them mixed together, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that was a workout. And the, the guy that owned the clinic, he wasn't old, but he was, like, in his late 40s and was, like, in super good shape. Like, right. ripped, you know, great, great shape, really muscular. And then... You know, I thought I was in pretty good shape because I was working out and lifting right. weights and this and that. I left that place. We, I, I like tried to keep it together. I tried to play it cool. As soon as I got to my car, I, I couldn't leave the parking lot <laughs> for like a half hour. I was just sitting in my car. My head was pounding. I was like, what the hell did this guy just put yeah, me through? Dying. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I was like, wow, that's something that I'm really missing in my workouts because I, I had just been lifting weights. I wasn't running too much anymore or anything like that. So um, I started adding CrossFit style workouts yeah, yeah, yeah. in every once in a while. Um, and that's when I really started to snatch and clean and jerk a little more. Um, I never joined a CrossFit gym like we were talking. That right. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. but I, I would do those style workouts on my own. Um, and then that evolved into um, just doing the Olympic list more often. And then I was like, oh, these are pretty cool. Um, I want to start just focusing on this. And at that same time, that's when I was like applying to PT schools and stuff. And then I I found out about Kelly Sturrett. Okay. You know, yeah. The, the supple leopard. Yeah, supple leopard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so all, well, not all of it, but like most of his stuff at the time, the mobility wild stuff was geared around how can we make you a better athlete with the tools that you have on your own, you know, he's doing like banded mobilizations and right, like right. how that translates into, you can get deeper in your squat and how that translates into better positions overhead and how that translates into more weight. And so I saw it more as, okay, I can use this stuff to increase my performance. And so it became like a really cool avenue for me to be like, oh, that's a whole new side of PT that I didn't really know was a thing. Right. And so in my mind, I was like, this, this is, this guy's awesome. I want to I wanna do what he's doing. And so throughout PT school is when I, I was really diving into the Olympic lifts, but also using all the, stu- all the content that he was coming out with and then learning all the anatomy and biomechanics in school. So I was able to put it all together on my own. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how I, I fell in love with Olympic weightlifting, okay. I guess. I don't right. know. Does that make was any that, sense? No, was yeah. that jumbled or was that good? No, that was good. That was great. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I mean, that kind of, that's kind of tied it all together, like, how you kind of got into PT, too. But, yeah. like, was there, like, a defining moment that was, like, was it the Kelly Star things that was just, like, this Yeah, is that kind of, like, put me over. But um, I had, so I had hurt my back. This is maybe my freshman or sophomore year of college. I went to PT, and they, they didn't really help me. They, uh, you know, they gave me a bunch of stretches and stuff like that, but I didn't really know why I was, I ended up hurt and I didn't know really like what we were doing to make it better. And so when Kelly Sturrett was explaining all that stuff, like, um, like for example, like if you are rounding in the bottom of a squat, it puts extra stress on your back and this could be caused by X, Y, or Z that process of like trying to problem solve I guess of of why this is the way it is and how can we make that better to make A less pain and B increased performance I guess yeah 
Um, so I guess it was, it started as kind of a selfish uh, journey of trying to fix myself and then, um, you know, figured why not utilize it to help everyone else that has these problems. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. So your training. I mean, mm-hmm. I know what's going on with you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know where you were at a certain point, but the fans don't. <laughs> so I guess, how is your training going now? Uh-huh. How long have you been training? In How long has it been, actually, since you've been doing weightlifting uh, specifically? Weightlifting specifically, um, it's kind of jumbled all together. Like I said, like I was kind of doing that stuff a little bit but not purely that so I guess just weightlifting alone maybe um, maybe eight years seven or eight years something like that um, yeah and so when I first when I first do you want me to go into how I like first started sure yeah um, this is not a badge of honor and I wish it wasn't this way, but, <laughs> but I, I didn't have a coach. I, I just like watched videos and like tried to mimic what the people were doing in the videos. Yeah. Um, which is, which has given me a lot of, uh, bodily issues and injuries. Yeah. So um, full disclosure <laughs> from the doctor himself and us at WW don't watch people doing max effort lifts and try to follow them. Yeah, no, that's, that's not a good idea. There's a very specific, like, process to that. So. I mean, I watched instructional you okay, know, you did, videos. No, you like, did did you ever watch, like, Barbell Shrugged when they first came out? Oh, God, yeah. Long, like, a long yeah, time ago, long right? Time yeah. Ago, yeah. So I used to be a... I still am, but I was... Back then, I was a really big fan of their podcast. I watched, like, every one. I was a huge Chris Moore fan. Okay. Did you... Did you have, like, a favorite through the, through the lineup? No, that was just... That was, like... I think that was, like, right on the... The, the cusp of me being like I want to be a strength coach okay. like and I, so I like dabbled through that the iron mind area yeah, like yeah. all of those things so back then Barbell Shrugged was more they were like super CrossFit focused mm-hmm. but but in CrossFit you do the Olympic lifts so right they had like a couple Olympic weightlifters but mostly CrossFitters but um, but they had like a whole series on like you know like how to snatch and how to clean and how to jerk and stuff like that so I would watch those videos um, but without a coach in the moment telling you very, yeah, you're doing this right, you're doing that wrong. Like, I, A, I didn't have the requisite mobility to get into positions, mm-hmm. um, and but I would force myself into them or force myself into bad positions, and then, like, doing that over and over and over again, you get, like, wear and tear injuries here and right, there that right. develop into more serious stuff. I kind of was teaching myself how to lift, watching videos, that sort of thing. Um, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with that. You're good. Um, Barbell Shrugged. Barbell Shrugged, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I don't. I guess I was. Uh, so so I got into grad school in uh, 2013. 2013 is when I when I started uh, PT school, and so um, I was just like doing the lifts in the school gym, and I was like you know one of two or three people that was that was doing it and some random guy I think he was like a powerlifter he just came up to me and he asked me if I compete and I knew weightlifting was in the Olympics but it didn't really click to me that like 
you could do competitions that yeah. weren't the Olympics right. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, you people know? just showed up to it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I had no idea. And so um, he was like, oh, do you compete? And I was like, no, no. And uh, he's like, oh, you should, you, you're pretty good. You should think about it. And I had nobody to compare myself to. So right. I, I didn't know if that was like real or if that was good or whatever. Right. And so um, I think it was probably later that day I like went and looked on the on like looked up what qualifying totals were for like meets and stuff like that and I was like oh I can make that total right now yeah if, if I you know if I have my best day right or whatever right. and so <clears throat> I uh I signed up for my well I think I that must have been that must have been like 2014 because I think my first meet was either 14 or 15 and uh so like shortly after that <clears throat> I was like looking around for meets I was in PT school though at the time so like I wasn't training super often. Yeah. Like some weeks I would I would train once or twice a week just because of the nature of but the nature of the beast. Yeah. So um my your third year in PT school is all well, at least where I went, it's all clinical work. So it's like you, you work as a PT for yeah. a year. Um and so during that time I was able to like train a little more seriously. So I signed up for a competition. It was around that time. <clears throat> and that was my first competition. And in my mind I was like go to this competition I'm gonna PR my lifts and I'm gonna go to nationals or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was you know? and so <laughs> um <clears throat> I uh I went to the meet you know I started training a little more serious and and I went to the and I'm writing all my own programming at this time too um and so I go to the meet <clears throat> uh and <laughs> you know, it's like I had never trained on a bar that spun before. Okay, and, yeah. And uh, so that's a, whole, a completely different feeling if, if you're used to, like, shitty old rusty bars that don't spin. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was working in pounds, you know, pound plates and, and stuff like that. So uh, I missed all three snatches, bombed out. Nice. My first meet ever. Nice. A humbling experience oh, for Super, you. super yeah. humbling. And... Uh, I missed my first two clean and jerks too, or or I missed two of three. I don't remember which ones they were, but yeah, yeah. I missed two of three. And then it was wow. Okay, so this is uh, this is not what I what thought expected? it was. Yeah. I need to get my lifts a lot better, a lot sharper. And and you realize like just because you can make a lift in the gym doesn't mean you can make it on a platform. Yeah. And so that's when I I started to get like really like a lot more serious and, and into it and really pay attention to technique and and you know programming even more to an extent and, and that sort of thing um, and then at my next meet I went four for six or five for six and qualified for the American Open but back then it was just the finals and nationals those were the only two national meets yeah, yeah, yeah. now they have the series but um, that one was in Reno and uh and then so my third meet ever, I flew out to Reno by myself. Just had no idea. I didn't have a coach. Yeah. And so if you've been to a weightlifting meet, you know, like, the coach is up at the table. He's writing your attempts down. <laughs> the athlete. Coming back, yelling at you to do something. Take this weight, yeah. take that weight. So here I am. by my, I'm one of the only people by myself. And, and uh, um, there was a woman. She was, like, an official Debbie Miller. Do you know her? Or Millet. Sorry, Debbie, if you're listening. <laughs> but um, she, I guess she could... I was waiting in line to get my credentials, and I'm waiting in line, and she sees me. She must have saw that I was by myself. 
super, super nice. She came up to me and she's like, oh, how you doing? You know, we're talking back and forth. She's like, is this your first national meet? And I was like, yeah. She's like, who, who do you have? Who's your coach? And I was like, oh, like, and, and I think I think this is normal, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just here by myself. I'm going to coach. She's like, are, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just super nonchalant yeah. about it. Because yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. When you don't know, you don't. Right. You don't know that it's You don't not, have an expectation yeah, for it. So it's yeah. like, um, and so she, she's like, well, here, t- take down my number. And if you decide that you want somebody to help you, you know, I've got, like, a lot of people here that can help. Just, like, shoot me a text and, and, and I'll help you. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. I think I'll be all right, though. <laughs> the day of the meet comes and I am the only asshole back there without a coach. And I'm going from my warm-up platform in my in my freaking singlet running up to the scorer's table checking I'm counting the attempts I'm like uh I'm do people on this podcast understand like how weightlifting meet works maybe uh, we should go over probably that probably not yeah maybe we can go over that in a second so so I'm I'm going up to the table and I'm looking uh I'm trying to count but then attempts are happening at the same time and I'm like okay I am I'm 17 attempts out and so I run back to my platform I look in my book and I'm like okay around this time I should be taking 90 kilos and so I put 90 kilos on the bar and I take an attempt and then I run back up to the platform and I'm just, I'm just going back and forth trying Act to Active rest man it's fine. Oh my yeah. god and my oh it was, it was so ridiculous <clears throat> I uh yeah so anyway um and then you know I, I guess it's uh, saying this out loud now I feel like I was a complete idiot but I guess it's, it's a still, learning experience it still didn't so. sink in yeah and so uh I qualified for nationals that that year, and I did the same thing. In the did you really? Wow! <laughs> and that was the Olympic trial year. Okay. Um, I was I'll make a a note to everybody listening. I was not in the Olympic trials. It was just the Olympic trials that year were held at the the national meet. So I got to sit there and watch, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was I you know at an Olympic trial, there's gonna be the best in the country with all the best coaches. Any national meet. But, um, you know, all I'm thinking is they're seeing me running back and forth like a chicken with my head cut off. Like, yeah. Who's this idiot? Like, what is this kid <laughs> What's doing? He doing? Yeah. Is he the coach in a singlet? Yeah. What is he, kid, like, get a, get a, just got dressed up for the, for the occasion? Get know? a clue. All right. Um, so. so, yeah. And then, you know, after that, I understood a little more and then um, had some people help me at meets after yeah, that. Finally, yeah, finally. Finally got yourself yeah. to Yeah. All right. So... <clears throat> Uh, what's your training look like now? I guess is the big question. Yeah, um, so now... I know you had, uh, I don't want to say suffered is the word, but <laughs> you, you had an injury happen <clears throat> last year before Nationals? Yeah, so so the, the, the initial injury was when I was in PT school. We were practicing hip mobilization stuff on each other, and, um, you know, you'd, nobody knows what they're doing at first, and so... Um, somebody was practicing this mobilization on my hip and I was kind of I didn't know what I was supposed to feel either so I was like oh I think you can go a little more and so she went a little harder and then I was like oh that's too much but I I didn't know if I should say something so I was like uh and she kept cranking on it cranking on it cranking on it and I was like oh this is probably not good good and uh so you know it's time to like switch or whatever and I get up off of the table and I couldn't even walk and my hip I had so much pain in my hip I was like oh no this is not good so um, I never had imaging, but, you know, through being in school and testing and that sort of stuff, I'm pretty sure I tore my labrum. Partially my labrum was yeah. torn or, or, yeah, or along those lines. And uh, 
it took a while for it to get better. Um, but it got better, and so I was able to squat again. But then I think what happened is the anatomy of the hip joint, if you're missing part of that labrum, which is just like a fibrocartilage disc in the joint, um, you get a little bone-on-bone bone action. And so over time, what the joint does is it grows new bone to create a little more space that you're lacking in the joint, and that's called a bone spur, and that, that's painful because it's, you know, it's like a spike in your, right. in your joint that's just every time you put pressure on it, it feels like somebody's taking a pickaxe and just picking away <laughs> at your hip. So, um, so that, that bone spur started to occur um, when I was my meat prep for American Open um, 2018. 2018 and so you know when you're training for a meet you don't want to like the the best thing to do is to take it down a notch let whatever's going on heal because in the grand scheme of things it's probably not gonna kill you to take a week or two off right when you're in it it's different you feel a lot of pressure and you feel like you have to perform so you mean like today during cleaning jerks yeah and so i i pushed 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 through um, and made it worse and worse and worse to the point where I was a couple of weeks out from the meet and I couldn't even take a barbell like and like uh, warm up snatch or clean without like crazy crazy pain um, and so um, went to that meet did not I was training into that meet I was I was feeling so good like I was hitting really high numbers for me and um, I, I was it was uh, like my first A session at a national meet. I was really looking forward to that. Yeah. And then I, it's not because of the hip, but I ended up bombing out of that meet. Yeah. That was the second meet I bombed out of. Um, it wasn't because of the hip. It was just, you know, I, I should have made lifts and I didn't make lifts. But um, so after that meet, took it down and I was like, all right, I, this needs to heal or else I, I'm not going to be able to train. Right. So I took about a month off, no lifting at all. I, well, I, I did, like, upper body, but I didn't do any squats or pulls or snatches or cleans or anything like that. And then um, after about a month off, um, I started training again for nationals, which was in May of 2019. Um, but the hip pain was so bad, I couldn't, I couldn't squat, and I couldn't do, like, deadlifts or pulls or anything. So I could snatch and clean and jerk, but... Even those would start to hurt me too, um, and so um, that meet, I did the meet, but my numbers weren't great, um, just because I couldn't put in any strength work. I was actually really proud of my performance at that meet, with all things considered. Like yeah. I went five for six. Okay. Four for six, five for six, one of those. We'll take either. Um, but I was really happy. I was five, five for six. I made two snatches and I made all three clean tricks um and uh but after that it was like okay like if I can't perform at a level that I know that I can what's the point so so then starting this was 2000 no so that must have been yeah yeah so that was not it was not this past May but the May before what, what year okay. is that 2000. Is that 18? No, it's 19. 19, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so right? I think. Uh, no, right? Yeah, 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 19. Yeah, because yeah, it's, been, it's been almost, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. like almost a year now. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so after that meet, again, took time off, 
And for maybe two months, I didn't do any lower body. I just did upper body stuff. And then I started integrating just like basic lower body stuff into the program. Um, and then no snatching, clean and jerk. Um, what I found was any like jumping or ballistic movements really aggravated the hips. So even like <clears throat> just coaching and trying to demo a jerk, yeah. just the footwork would hurt my hip. Okay. So I had to even like be careful of like showing people what in the gym. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. Um, so, um, so what was I saying? So yeah, and then um, I started to do just one lower body exercise every like 72 hours or every like third day um and then tried to bring that into like every 48 hours um and now I'm at the point where I'm doing a lower body exercise like five days a week okay um and I I just started snatching and clean and drinking again uh like six or seven weeks ago something like that so yeah so it's been a long time (laughs) it's been a long time since I I've been able to do that yeah. Oh, did you say in socks? In socks. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you've been doing a lot of barefoot stuff recently, right? A lot of barefoot Do you feel stuff. like that's been helping you with uh, recovery from the hip? And yeah. Like so the too? reason like, I've that... been snatching and cleaning, clean and jerking with no shoes on is because um, it prevents me from stomping when mm-hmm. I jump. So I have it forces me to be really soft on my feet. Okay. Which I don't get pain with if I'm like really deliberate about being soft on my feet. Um, and then I was doing the squats and pulls without shoes just to just to gain some mobility and get better, uh, get stronger in some positions that I wasn't really strong in. I'm not the most mobile person, so um, that stuff has helped me. It's come a long way with that stuff. Okay. Um, Yeah, and then so that's where I am now. Cool. All right. So what are your goals now going forward? Um, Well, primary goal is just to get healthy and to feel good. Um, Do you want to get back to competing again? I would like to. I would like to. The The only problems that I'm running into in my head are... <clears throat> um, it seems like every time I push hard for a meet, something breaks. Okay. Um, I mentioned my back earlier. Yeah. That's been like a constant issue that I've dealt with for a long, long time. Um, I can get it to a point where it's like decent, but then there'll just be days where I wake up and I, I couldn't snatch 50 kilos, you know, like... And then the very next day, I'll be able to snatch, you know, 140. So it's like, it's so touchy. Yeah, it's so, so touch like, and go. try to play that as you go. <clears throat> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- there's that factor. Like, do I want to risk um, going all the way out there just to have my back flare up on a day that it's you supposed to, to perform? Because um, that was starting to happen at meets, too. Like, I'd fly, and then the plane would mess my back up. And I'd feel like crap the day before, and even the day, and I'd be popping ibuprofen, and like, yeah, not the best. Yeah. And yeah. So, so the answer to the question is hopefully yes, but I'm not in a place right now where I'm gonna push towards that. I'm just gonna just see how it goes, and if it if it's there, I'll do it. But if it's not there, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Let's move on to a little bit. Uh, more on topic of the podcast okay. a little bit, alright I've asked this question before and I wanted to find out what are more nerdy things that you do and I, I know the weeby side of it isn't really there for you, you're not a big anime gamer kind of guy no, but if you had a game to go to, what would world. it be? 
I couldn't even tell couldn't you. Couldn't even I, tell you? Like, not, you're not even, like, a casual COD guy? No. Really? No, wow. Nothing. I, um... Throw up movies. My free time is, is weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw um, up movies. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars stuff. Oh, like, nerdy stuff. movies like that? Um... Don't forget, this encompasses a lot more than you think. Like, I would say, like, okay, Pirates me... of the Caribbean might be in Oh, that. yeah. That's, that's... I like those series. Um... I don't know. I Because uh... I've heard a rumor Uh-oh. <laughs> that you like to lift to scores of movies. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've heard, um... I've, heard, I've heard that there's been like pirates going, maybe some Lord of the Rings stuff in the background. Yeah, Braveheart, yeah I get maybe. into all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love training to the Braveheart soundtrack. Um, Braveheart's a big one. Uh, Gladiator. I like Inception sometimes. Wow. Okay. That film score is pretty good. All right. Um, and then, have you ever seen um, the HBO show The Leftovers? No, I have not. It's like super mellow and calm, but okay. I, I like lifting to that one too. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're, you're a high intellectual kind of guy. Uh, sometimes I guess. Sometimes. <laughs> not all the time. All right. Well, we'll get there. We'll fix you. Get you involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. I would. I. I just. I think we should have a D and D night with Jeremy. Yeah, we'll I'm get all, you in there too. I'm. I'm we'll down. Get a whole staff thing going. Let me know, and I'm, I'll. I'll be there. Awesome. All right. If you um, if you were gonna make a name for your D and D character, what would it be? What are these names? Whatever you want of. it to be. I mean, you could choose. You could choose to be an orc, a half orc, a dwarf, an elf. Like, there's a bunch of those things. Like, if you could be any of those. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it Putting that you on means. the spot. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll work on that. All right, we'll work right, on right. that. All right. Um, so obviously with a lot of um, other folks that are our fans and stuff like that too, mm-hmm. uh, we want to be able to – we've been harping a lot, especially now that we're still new, that we're trying to harp just moving and getting started. Um, and I think okay. a lot of the things that most most people that are – and in, in, the, in the generalization of the gaming world and stuff like that, like people are – they're sedentary. They're sitting a lot. They're mm-hmm. sitting in certain positions in a slouch position, stuff like that. And I think that applies yeah. to a lot of people that have office jobs too. Sure. Um, what are some things that, like, advice that you think that they could do and focus on? Um, just super simple, like, hey, yeah. like, focus on just well, like thoracic extension work and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, without sounding like lame and generic, um, well, I'm going to, but uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I guess, like, every, I mean depending on like how into the game you are I guess but like you'd want to like just get up and stand for a few minutes every every 20 30 60 minutes you know I would try not to sit for more than that without at least getting up and just like moving around just like walk to the kitchen and grab yourself a glass of water or something just not a donut everybody a glass <laughs> of water okay alright um, just like for the hips for the back everything um I would say that, and then like while you're sitting, nobody wants to focus on good posture. But um, I'm not doing it right now. I, should need, I mean, I'm not really yeah. getting my hits forward. And yeah, the little thing, like, tuck that chin a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah but uh, like basic, just like chin tucks. So like for people listening, if you just like sit up tall and uh, imagine if your spine is straight, <clears throat> you tuck your chin back like you're making a double chin. Mm-hmm. So your head doesn't go up or down; it just goes directly straight back. Nick's doing it right now beautifully. <clears throat> make a video of that. Um, we'll put that up. Yeah, we can make a video yeah. for people. Um, 
you can do stuff like that just to make sure that you know you don't have like that forward neck or text neck um, and then with your shoulders just pinching the shoulder blades together you can do that pinch and hold 10 seconds on 10 seconds off every you know every hour or whatever um, and then I don't know if this is PT related but um, just like your eyes just staring at a fixed screen for so long it'd be good to just have your eyes look at different depths so um, whether that's like you go outside and take a walk for 10 minutes and then come back or like I said earlier just just get up in your in your house and just walk around that way your eyes not just focusing and melting on the same spot right right for, right forever you know um, okay what about some super simple uh, strengthening things I mean like we've I had this conversation with you probably like three times a week about how you know, when you get used to doing something specific, like certain, your body kind of goes through a checklist and it shuts uh-huh. down muscles to try to like isolate an injury or something like that or uh-huh. something that's a bothering. So like, I mean, there's 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 that common thing going on now that people are like, you sit on your butt a lot, you should probably use it a lot more. Sure. So like you want to build a lot more glute strength and stuff like that because that will yeah. help you even when you're sitting because it'll keep yeah. some stress off your lower back, stuff like that. Like, even s- simple sitting, um, look, it's almost better to just sit on the floor. You know, it's a little better for your hips. You can sit um, cross-legged. You can sit long sitting. And that way you, you're, you're stretching the hamstrings, you're stretching the hips. That's better than like a recliner or something like that or just like a couch where you're just sitting down. Yeah. Um, um, and then just, I think we, we talked about this, just like basic sit-to-stands. Yeah. Have you talked about that on the podcast? I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast yet. Um, so, I don't know, if you're playing uh, some shoot 'em up game, every, every kill you get, you do like five five sit to stand so from the chair you that's actually that's actually a real term good hey. job shoot them up is a real thing congratulations <laughs> see i knew this was good this is great you know right. when i was when when i was a kid uh me and my brother we had uh the old n64 yeah, yeah. this is when it was new though okay you know? yeah, yeah not vintage and now when you had to like blow the cartridge out and slap it in yeah and, yeah. Like, yeah and uh we used to play a lot of golden eye hell yeah okay mario kart this is exactly what I needed for <laughs> all right, all right, all right. There we go. Yeah, yeah. We used to smash. Used to play a ton. Uh, I didn't like that game, honestly. Yeah, okay. All right. um, I'll delete that like so all... people don't get mad. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. People. There's a whole there's a whole pro circuit of that. Like. Oh really? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, what were we saying? N64. Yeah. Yeah. But we were talking about like you were saying how like <clears throat> you got to kill, get up, and do like five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you do five sit to stands. So just. Uh, you know, just stand up out of your chair and then sit back down. Um, so it's this also is actually like a awesome because uh, we've actually talked about, um, like I had brought up at one point, I don't want to make this about me, but I brought uh, brought up at one point about, like I play a game called League of Legends. Mm-hmm. And basically like it's it ranges from like 30 to 45 minutes, mm-hmm. but you get like a kill death assist. And like the beginning of the day, I'll make a decision what each of those are. And it'll be like, okay, if you get wherever the kills are, where the deaths are, where the assists are, those are your rep ranges for the exercise that you're going to do. So pick three of them and go. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad that you kind of just yeah. came out of nowhere with that. That's awesome. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Yeah, basic stuff like that. Okay. Uh, I guess um, you could even just like, I'm just going off the top of my head here, but but just like lift your arms up over your head just so that your shoulders don't end up like around your forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Okay. I wish I had something better, but that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Hopefully, there'll be more of you in the future. So, um, let's see here. 
Fan questions. You want to get to fan questions? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We apologize ahead of time also. Providence Barbell Club is right on a main road. And everyone's in their motorcycles today. And they're, uh, I don't want to call it this, but some of these people like their cars. So they poke holes in their exhaust systems and they make it sound like it's... Yeah, it gets pretty loud. Yeah, so if you hear some of those brap braps going by... There's a, a stop sign right near the gym too so oh, people always right feel like they have to yeah. uh, let everyone know rev that, that engine when they when they're leaving the stop the stop sign yes sir all right let's see here this one comes from pill tickle that's an instagram name <laughs> that's a good instagram name. yeah uh pinching slash impingement feeling in rear delt area when in front rack what do what what a do Pick, pickly do what do uh, do still pickle <laughs> Um, so I think all of these PT questions, uh, it's, it's going to be tough to like give, give a precise, specific, specific do this answer without actually, you know, seeing you. But, uh, uh, so if it's in the back of the shoulder, he said, while he's in a front rack, rear delt area when in a front rack, rear delt while on a front rack. Um, so it could be. So so all right. So let's break it, break it down a little bit into what we require to get into a comfortable front rack position. So it's a lot of external rotation of the shoulder with with the elbow elevated. So some shoulder flexion with external rotation. Um, stuff that can make that tight would be probably the big one is like the lat. So the big back muscle that runs from your shoulder all the way down to your lower back. So I would say first, just try to maybe do some stretching of the lat or, or just the shoulder joint itself. <clears throat> um, and a good one for that, like just a quick and easy, is a, a banded shoulder distraction with a band. So um, you tie a band up to like one of those big green stretchy bands, um, tie it up to like a top of a pull-up bar, and then just pull back on it until you've got some stretch and let it let it pull your shoulder kind of like not out of the socket but yeah just just let it give you a good stretch while the rest of your body you can go like down on one knee and so that your shoulder is in a a flexed position like over your head while that band is is pulling you and with that you should get both more stretching in the joint but also that lat too um and that that could help you open up and get some more uh into a more comfortable front rack position there. Another thing is um, without without seeing you, it's hard to you know give you specific stuff, but just a general guideline thing. You could try uh, rolling a lacrosse ball on the back of the shoulder in the shoulder blade area. You just want to be careful that you stay away from any, any bone back there, so just stick to muscle, soft tissue. Um, and you can do that laying on the ground or leaning into a wall. You just put the ball back there where the pain is and just kind of dig into it roll around on there for a couple minutes and see if that alleviates some of the pinching feeling right um how do you suggest doing this prior post yeah i would do i would do prior um just as part of a warm-up to try and get into that position um and then you could do the lacrosse ball stuff both before and after um yeah there's a there's a lot of other things that you could do but it's tough to it's tough to give specifics without you know, n- the shoulders are pretty complex joints. So there could be a lot of things going on in there. Um, so those are kind of broad, general strokes. You know, could start Perfect. there and see how that does you. Cool. 
All right, on to the next one. Uh, this is a. Um, I feel like this this next one probably has a lot to unpack. Um, has a lot of what? A lot to unpack. Oh, okay. Um, how can you heal a grade two hamstring tear and still train legs? So, I would say it's important to know why it happened first, so that it doesn't happen again, or that you don't do things that are going to re-aggravate it, or the other one. So, was it was it a traumatic event? Um, was it just like a overuse injury? Um, so figuring out what what is the the root cause of it, um, and then I mean it'd be good to go see a PT just because they I mean they can that's what they will do is they'll they'll strength, actually assess yeah and, like and they can they can do things to help it heal a little quicker they can they can give you exercises to do that won't aggravate the area but still strengthening the legs you know if right. you if you see a good PT. Um, um, but I guess in general, general terms, um, you know, you can, you can, depending on the severity of it, you can still do things that train the quads. Um, the only issue I would see there is like, you know, the action of the quadricep is to extend the knee, right? But extending the knee puts a, puts a stretch yeah. on the hamstring. So depending on how, how bad that hurts is going to determine whether or not you can, you can still do something like that. But, um. There's a lot of modalities or, or manual therapy stuff that, that PTs specifically can do. Um, some some dry needling usually works really well for muscle strains and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that. Especially hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they respond pretty well to the to dry needling. Um, any instrument-assisted soft tissue massage. Um, so like the scraping tools, that sort of stuff. Anything to like bring blood flow to the area to promote healing uh, is gonna is gonna accelerate the healing process. Um, and then you just you just want to stay away from stuff that's gonna reproduce that pain or re-aggravate it. Um, so don't go crazy with stretching. Uh, a lot of times, like people have an injury and they overstretch that area, and that kind of makes it worse. So. Um, if you're going to do any stretching, I would say just, just gentle, gentle stretching. Don't don't overdo it. Um, and then just start doing, you can start with like isometric exercises. So just partial range holds um, to uh, within pain-free ranges. So you don't want to do anything that, like I said, that makes the pain worse, but you can you can do stuff within pain-free ranges just isometrically. So isometric means... You, you just hold that position hold in space. Position. Yeah. Um, I would I would focus on a lot of hip and core strengthening. So a lot of times when people have hamstring injuries, it can be due to the pelvis uh, being in an interiorly rotated position. So that's going to put stretch on the hamstring. So focusing on uh, like transverse abdominis, which is kind of like the corset of the of the abdomen. Uh, working on that, doing some posterior pelvic tilt uh, exercises, um, training the the obliques to help stabilize the pelvis. A lot of lateral glute work. Um, all that stuff would probably go a long way, and maybe even help you more than focusing on like leg specific exercises right now. You know, in the long term something like that might help more so than than uh, just well, working I feel on. like those are a lot of the things that get neglected in yeah. training, you know, is yeah. specific. So, all right. 
I think that's good for now. I mean, that's a tough Hopefully one to do. Hopefully that helps without. you. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty loaded. Yeah. Without an assessment, something like that yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is it, the um, there's a, a famous back doctor uh, out of Canada. His name is Stuart McGill. Doctor Stuart McGill, you know him. Yeah, he's a baller. I so love that. Man. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. So his his big phrase is, you know, people. I've listened to you know a lot of podcasts with him. People are always asking questions. What can I do for X Y Z? And his his answer. Oh, do you know what he starts with? Every single answer. Go. It depends. It depends <laughs> always. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it it's it it's not a great answer for the listener, but but it it's the most like honest answer you can right. give. Is it right? We to to say, oh yeah, I have an answer for this, and then give you something concrete is would be a disservice to the person because it's not true. Like everybody is a little different and you have to assess the individual. Like you could have a hamstring strain and I could have one, but we could both treat them completely different depending on where it is and right. what type of it is, you know? So right, it's, right. it's tough. It's tough without seeing the person um, for, for any of these types of questions, which kind of stinks, but. All right, well, let's, uh, Let's go into something that might be a little bit more concrete. Okay. All right. What is a good process to determine if a movement issue is mobility or stability related? Okay. Um, so <clears throat> we can break down those two terms, mobility and stability. So mobility, I like to think of as um, like range of motion. Like, can you do an air squat and hit depth? So like, are you mobile enough? Do you move well enough to be able to get into that position? Yes or no? That would be your answer for, am I mobile enough? So, <clears throat> you know, if I take, let's, let's just say you have trouble getting into a full squat and we're trying to determine, is this a mobility issue or is it a stability issue? So a couple things that we could do is I could check out the range of motion through your hips. if if we take gravity out of the situation, I lay you down on the table and I'm moving your hips around and you have the joint moves through its what, what we consider a normal or full range of motion completely, then we know it's not a mobility issue because your joints are able to get there. Then we start looking at the stability uh, component. So um, you have the requisite mobility, but you do not have the requisite strength within those ranges of motion that you have and so that would be considered a stability issue. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so did that answer the question? Or uh, is there more what to is it? a good process to determine if a movement issue is mobility or stability related? Oh, so... Um, so let's just go with a squat, I guess. Let's yeah. just say since you're already on the hips. Um, so, so I would say like a, uh, for a squat, something that I like to use is like a kettlebell for like a counterbalance. So a lot of times... <clears throat> somebody they they can't um well this brings in range of motion in other places too but but we'll just say um somebody can't quite do like an air squat we give them and they're thinking oh it's a it's a mobility issue i can't get into that range we give them something like a kettlebell or a dumbbell to counterbalance their weight so say that they're it could, it could be a mobility issue elsewhere Right, there's right. a lot of moving pieces to a squat. So. Right, it's not it's not all isolated, right? Yeah, yeah. So so maybe they're mobile enough in their hips, but their mobility isn't. They don't have requisite mobility in their thoracic spine to stay upright. So we give them 
or it could be strength, right? It could be stability. So, so let's just say that they have range of motion in their in their upper back, but they're not they're not strong enough to support an upright posture in the bottom of a squat. But we're trying to rule out is it mobility or stability related? We give them a counterbalance. They get down into the bottom of a squat and they hold that bell out in front of them, or weight, or whatever you're going to use, and they're all of a sudden able to hit full depth into the squat with an upright torso, then we know, okay, you have some stability uh, issues uh, somewhere, um, but you have the adequate mobility to get into that position. Okay. And then from there, it would go into a whole different process of determining what you would need to work on. To yeah, exactly. Stable yeah, yeah. You go joint by joint and figure out what's limited, what's weak, and, and go, go from there. Right. Okay. So, well, metal and iron, my man. Hope that helps. <laughs> I mean, all these are going to be loaded. You know, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It's not as yeah. It's not a know. black and white. Uh, very seldom is it a, a black and white thing, unless it's like I tore my ACL. Uh, what What's the protocol look like? Well, here and, you go. Here's another one for you. And then it's from Beef Castle. Oh, the uh, Beef Castle. Beef Castle. Several times dislocated right shoulder. Does not like low bar squats. Do I just die? Question <laughs> mark. Um, <clears throat> I would say, no, do not just die. Uh, you can live to squat another day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, so there's a couple things that you can do. So um, this this is is not quite as black and white as it may seem, but um, so it depends on the severity of of those dislocations. Like how how bad is it actually? Um, something that you so low bar. <clears throat> a low bar squat bar is going to sit a little lower, and um, it's it's a, so that with the bar being lower on your back, your your shoulders have to get into a, a more externally rotated position. So it, it puts that shoulder, depending on where that person is has laxity in the joint from those prior dislocations. If if the mechanism of that dislocation was in an externally rotated position, then that's going to be pretty tough for him to, to get really tight with the arms. Right. But he can go a little wider in the grip, still have the bar on his low, like a low bar style squat, and probably have a little more comfort if he just brings his grip out a little bit. You're not going to be as stable. You won't be as tight. Right. Um, I mean, you see a lot of uh, the <coughs> higher level guys doing that too because their shoulders yeah. are so jacked their up. Their shoulders from... and their elbows. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah, I would say, you know, number one, off the top of my head, just try to bring your arms a little wider, uh, but just try to you know maintain that stiffness through the upper back and the core. Um, uh, and then you know if if it if it was a recent dislo- dislocation or dislocations, yeah, yeah. So if they were more recent and the shoulder is still pretty lax through there, um, you know if you have access to something like a safety bar or a duffalo bar, love them. Um, Duffalo has been huge for a lot of people. A lot of athletes have yeah. had. So if you look up Kabuki Strength, that's uh, run by Chris Duffin and his crew. They have a lot of awesome, awesome equipment for for stuff just like that. Yeah. Like for for people who's uh, don't people that are just too bound up or have prior injuries, um, they make equipment to serve that purpose of. Um, I can't get into a traditional low bar back squat position, but with this specialty bar, I can do it no problem. 
So I would I would look into something like that if that's kind of like the last option, or even not even last option. I mean, those bars are just great to have in general. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would look into something like that, um, and then also obviously you want to maybe not obviously, but um, you, you know you want that you want to. So since the the job of the joint is to it it uh oh, what's the word I'm looking for here. It creates passive, uh, passive tension through the joint and the muscles. You can think of as as active, or passive restraints, right? So that so the the joint, the ligaments, that sort of stuff is passive restraints. So that limits motion without you trying. It just is there, and it, it is its own system. Okay. The muscles <clears throat> are active restraints. So you contract a muscle, and it it tightens up whatever muscle or joint you're trying to tighten up. If you have a dislocation or a subluxation or any laxity in that joint, you kind of have lost that passive restraint. So the active restraints, the muscles around that area, have to be extra strong to make up for what you have lost in those passive restraints. So, you know, all those shoulder rehab exercises, you're going to make sure that that's good and strong. That's something you're probably going to have to stay on top of for a long time and just make sure that it's, you kind of have to like make sure it's over strong. Now, for other people that are listening to this that might not have had that kind of issue, do you think that doing those kind of shoulder things would still be good for them? Or is there a point where, you know, they, they maybe it's you're already adequately strong enough and it's just something else? As part of, like, a prehab program? Yeah, like just doing I mean, the normal yeah. ERIRs or yeah, whatever, that stuff, like Cuban presses. Yeah, that stuff is... I, I mean, you don't have to overdo it if you don't have issues, but it's great for just general shoulder health so that you don't get issues, you know? Preventative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they call it like a prehab. Perfect. That's exercise. exactly the answer I wanted. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, next one. Um, this one comes from Cyvax. Not in my neck for eight months. Hurts turning, etc. Should I get a sports massage? Dr. Stuart McGill would say it depends. It depends, yeah. Um, a knot in the neck is, uh, you know, depending on where the knot is and what what muscles you're feeling this knot in could determine, yes, sports massage, no, not a sports massage. Like, is it the neck? Is it the trap? Is it coming from right. somewhere else? Is it referred pain? Is it... Right. Is it spasm because you have some sort of uh, disc bulge or, or something going? You know, there's a lot right. of it could it could be possibilities. Yeah. To it. Right. So so maybe you have a knot, but we want to think more of what's causing that knot. What is what? So you have it. Those are your symptoms. But why? Um, and without without seeing you in person, it's hard to determine why. But I would, I mean. I would maybe try to get checked out first and determine that why before you just go get a sports massage. It could help, but it could also just be a waste yeah. of time and money. Or it or could make potentially it make it worse. Yeah. yeah. So um, I would say figure out the root cause of that first, whether you want to go to a PT, a Cairo, a, a orthopedic specialist of the spine, um, and then they can determine, they can do special tests, or if they think it's warranted, they could do some imaging and MRI um, and determine the cause of that, um, and then you can kind of go from there. But that, that I would say, is like step number one, is, is figuring out why it's there, and then you can go from there to figure out how you can treat it. Hopefully that helps. 
Yeah. Again, I mean, we're trying our best here without having like a full assessment of, yeah. <laughs> of each person. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's so. tough. It's tough um, without the person in front of you. Matt attack Matt. I fucking suck at recovery and don't even know where to start. No lie. How to heal on days off. Okay. Well, I'd say two biggest things. What would you say they are? Uh, sleep. Yes, number one. Number two, I would say eating enough eating to and, recover, right? Yeah. And eating the right foods to help you recover. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, th- this is my opinion, but I, I think number one and two, you've got to be sleeping because that's when your body heals that's, the, yeah, that's when yeah, that's yeah, when you yeah. recover is when you sleep so if you're not sleeping try to get on top of that and there's a whole avenue of stuff you can do to try and improve that that could be its own podcast in its own yeah multiple multiple podcasts yeah. on its on its own um if you are in a caloric deficit so if you are not if you are we'll just say burning more calories than you are taking in on the average. So that doesn't mean one day you ate 5,000 calories, but then the next day you ate 1,000. Um, it has to be a, you know, you might think you're eating enough because you eat a lot on one day, but then another day you don't eat enough. You have to look at the bigger picture of, of, of an average. I'd say like on an average week, are you getting enough calories throughout that weekend sleep? Um, are you giving your body the, the resources it needs to recover? So are you eating enough protein to get enough amino acids, which are the building blocks of muscle to help recover any tissue that's been broken down? Um, and obviously carbs and fats and, and everything like that too. But um, I think where I was going with that was anytime you're in a caloric deficit, it, it, your body doesn't have as much resource to use to recover. So then it starts breaking down its own, uh, its own, what do you call it? Your own body. <laughs> I don't know. It's, its own resources. Its own, yeah, its, its own, own yeah. resources, its own, your own body to, to, to then try and recover. And then that can put you at an increased risk for injury. So, um, so for some of you out there that might be frustrated about the amount of work you're putting in and why you're not getting any kind of results out of it, that not saying that's the number one thing, but that could be a, a big, big one too. Thing. Yeah, you need I mean, to eat enough. You see some of these guys that are huge and jacked and ripped out of their minds. They're eating almost nonstop yeah, to feed themselves. It's a it's you know, a job. It's, it gets it. If you've ever like tried to gain weight, yeah, it gets exhausting i mean even you're if you're doing you're i mean eating. even on the thought process of calories in calories out yeah. like that's hard that's, that's a lot to like that's sit down and be like i need x you know to yeah. sorry that we we digress there well i digress there i apologize but um but yeah so aside from those two things um i mean we can go back to chris duffin on this like <clears throat> him himself i don't know if you've ever read any of his books and what he does but he's like he always takes like he takes epsom salt baths every day yes, he does yep, ice baths yep. every day he does soft tissue work almost nonstop. he does you know yep um, um all that stuff is good and i would say you don't want to overdo it right correct. you don't want to yes. take an ice bath every day because that an ice bath can actually slow down recovery right. if you do it too often because right. it blunts uh the inflammation response and some inflammation is good as long as it's not chronic as long as it's not chronic so yeah. you want some of that because that's going to send uh signals 
to your body to recover mm-hmm, those things. Mm-hmm. So if you blunt that too often or too much, then you're not going to recover. Right. Um, but that being said, you know, if you, if you have, if you're super inflamed or you have like, uh, an acute injury, then yeah, you want a ice bath. That's, that's good for that. Uh, or like if you're close to a competition and you're not super concerned about, um, you just want your body to feel good and perform yeah. good, then ice bathing most days or every day is good to that point, but you don't want to do it year round or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, Epsom salt baths one or two days a week. Oh. Uh-oh. Sorry. You're good. Um, Epsom salt baths one or two days a week. Um, that definitely helps with recovery. And then just, you know, basic stretching and body weight exercise but I wouldn't go crazy with that stuff yeah. you know, just enough to to make you not sore for the next day yeah you know yeah. you don't want to do anything sure. that's going to overdo it um, for sure but uh yeah and then yeah I mean this next what question do what do I think on that yeah, yeah, I mean I think <clears throat> I mean I, th- I think you, you hit it right on the nail on the head on that one I mean the sleep itself I mean there's been there was a when I was working at Harvard. I mean, there was I think they still do it, but there was a doctor there that was literally researching sleep with the football team, mm-hmm. and they literally had them go through a whole like when they would travel, blackout curtains, yep. phones have blue lights off. Yep. Um, they would take the TVs out of the room yep. and make them do it, and they they got to the point where it's like if you're training at any capacity, especially at a competitive level too, like minimum of like ten to eleven hours of sleep, and we're That's looking at lot. them as coaches like. <laughs> How these kids have work? They have yeah, for, girlfriends, for the boyfriends. Person, they have that's, that's hard, right? So, but. I mean, getting an adequate amount of sleep and the nutrition thing. I mean, nutrition for me has always been an issue. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like from growing up being with a big family that's European, that's like come in and eat this whole tray of food, to me being self-conscious about you know how I look, right? Mm-hmm. So, like that by itself is hard, but like understanding the <clears> fact <throat> that you need to have, like, if you feed yourself enough your body doesn't have to work as hard against you. Like yeah, you're putting exactly. yourself at a disservice, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and with that, it's, it's the, the quality of the foods too. Yeah. Like, like, you know, if you're eating a lot or you're eating to recover, you want to make sure it's good stuff. You don't yeah. want to just go to the gas station and eat a hot dog from, you know, well, cause maybe name? that has some protein um, in it, but is that quality? Protein? Was it CT Fletcher not. that when he was like trying to break records, like the curl record or whatever, like because he was dirt poor, yeah. he would like eat at McDonald's every day. Well, that's, I mean, if, you know, if, if I mean, he was in a different situation, to, to, right. Yeah, but, yeah. um, like just to get the calories in, he was literally eating at McDonald's like four or five times a day. Yeah. It was, like, I can't even imagine how he did that like what he did with that is crazy but yeah. but um, then there's there's you know other complications that you can get if you eat too much of that stuff oh, too often down the road you know heart yeah. issues and, and stuff like that but yeah I mean the, I mean I mean a lot of people do like the whole meal prepping thing on Sundays or whatever mm-hmm. too you know I've been almost cooking my every meal for the past week which has been so hard to do yeah you know I mean I'm following the RP thing for a cut right now for oh, nice. next weekend yeah, yeah. um a lot of people use those templates. Yeah. They seem to work pretty well. Yeah, and Everybody the, the, the app's like pretty it. nice, too, because yeah. it, it auto-adjusts, kind of, and, yeah. like, you do a weigh-in twice a week or whatever. We can get it. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. We'll get it somewhere else. Uh, we got two more for you. Okay. Two more, okay? <clears throat> this one, I don't really know how to start with this one. I feel like this is a yes or no question, but I think we could turn it into something else. This is from uh, Alejandro Maytag. Ever pulled the back of your oblique or, like, the side of your erectors near the hip? 
My answer is yes. Maybe. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, we could talk about. I mean, is that the is that QL? Like, is, is that, that QL? Is, is that, that QL? Is that SI joint? Is it? Yeah. Is it like? Is that? You know. I think it like. All right. So so. Rectors. Back back of the rector where? Pull the back of your oblique. Oblique. Like the side of it's exactly what I had. It's my QL. It's QL. It's got to be, be right. It could be. It could be, or it could be the SI, like a. It could SI be. Joint I mean, it depends how low high we're going spring, to, right? or something like that. I mean, yeah. I get stuff like lateral sling all the time, Mike. Yeah. You know, so, but my answer is yes to your question. <laughs> I don't know what else is more to do that. Um, I mean, where, where is it? I mean, oh yeah, right so here. I can see. Which one? Top one. The top one. The top one. Oh, um, ever pulled it? So maybe, yeah, um, and uh, again. The answer is it depends if it you're depends. if you're looking for if if there was more to that question if you if you're if you did that and you're wondering how to help heal it um, again you'd have to figure out what is the root cause what exactly did you pull is it a pull is it something else right um, and then figure out why that happened in the first place and then do things to address the initial root cause it's all a terrible back. answer I'm sorry it all comes back you know <laughs> it's, it's t- people are going to listen to this and like what the I, I, I listen to this podcast for it depends like what the hell yeah oh that's the reality you <laughs> yeah. know that's the reality it's, it's hard to give something specific to something that we, we can't get our hands on yeah you know yeah. Um, alright last question you ready for this one what do I do <laughs> If I hurt my ego, oh, come on, Doc, what do you got for us? Well, let me ask you, what, 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 what would you do? What do I go home, cry a little bit, uh, eat a lot of food? No, um, I mean, in all seriousness, we're coming in here. We're. I mean, I mean we, we always say this. You, you have to leave your ego at the door. Yeah. You know, um, I'm sure that maybe that question is, is more of a joke, but... but Oh, 100% it was. But we yeah. all do have an ego yeah. to a certain extent, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, Do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to leave it at the door sometimes, especially when you're doing something you care so much about. Right. Um, but, yeah... Uh, it, it can be a distraction to others. I think you should use your ego in the way of, I'm, I want this for myself, and I want to get better, and I yeah. need to be, you know, consistent with it. You know, I mean, hurting your ego, like, what does that mean? You know, like, did you go to a meet and have a bad meet? Sorry to tell you, you could have done everything perfectly going into that and yeah, still had still a shit day. Like, success, you know, it happens, so. you know. Um, whether this was a joke question or not, this could be a whole like hour and a half conversation of ego trips and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, I think ego lifting. And take a step back, and if you stuff. and I think a big thing is like like what you guys have here with this community. Like mm-hmm. you have a lot of really good people here that support each other on a like a daily basis, yeah. daily basis in the morning, afternoon doesn't matter. Yep. You know, you guys are there. You guys, all the coaches here, like that in its own. Being able to sit there and be like, yeah, it's okay. Like, go cry it out if you have to, mm-hmm. but you're going to be here again, and we're going to do it together. Like, that's having yeah. that's good. You know, I think that's a big thing, too. Having people that you can fall back on and be like, hey, this is what's going <clears> on. <throat> what do I need to do to move forward? And sometimes that's something to be said in itself, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Just understanding that it's a, it's a process. You know, this nothing happens in a day yeah. or in a week. So, 
And it's, yeah. You could be, you could be butthurt about a training session all you want, but it's not in a bubble. You gotta come back again tomorrow and do the same thing. So you gotta get over it pretty right. quick. Yeah. You know. So you gotta have a short memory with that stuff, um, and that's what, what makes a good a good lifter. Is you can't dwell too much on on a bad day, and you also can't get too high on a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gotta kind of ride that that wave in the middle there. All right, I got one question for you. Okay. For the people, and then I'm gonna let you take something at the end here. Uh, well, I mean, we've obviously said it depends like 14 times today because yeah. you know. But how would you suggest to people to um, to kind of go through the process of picking a PT to go to? You know, like how would you? Um, you know, because yeah. I mean, for me, I whenever I went, I would. Because, I mean, similar thing happened when you said about your back and didn't get better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I had, a like, a, a tear or strain in my hamstring in my senior year of high school yep. um, training for lacrosse. And it was like I was training as a bodybuilder but trying to get a lacrosse scholarship. Mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Yeah. So I over overworked and I hurt myself. And then I went to the PT and I didn't get any better. Months, a yep. year, PT didn't get any better. Yep. So I finally had to go and try to find people like yourself who are in the trenches learning what they're doing yeah. and know what they're doing to kind of like do that. I've gone through way too many PTs. So what kind of advice would you have for um, somebody like me who, you know, how do I find that person to go to? Yeah. Uh, I'm not part of this. I feel like I, I maybe should join it or be part of it. But um, there's a, there's a, Dr. Quinn Hennock. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Oh, I, he's yeah, great, so I heard right? him on the podcast so talking about this. Yeah, he's he's great. He's got a lot of good information out there. Um, if you just Google him, he shows up everywhere. Um, but he's got, he's got like, a database now. I, th- I think it's called... Uh, I forget what it's called. Clinical Athlete. But I think you have to, like, be a person that's in this field and, and adhere to certain standards or guidelines or whatever but what they have is like a a database of all people that are part of that um group i'd say and where they're located so you can see if there's any any providers that are near you um that's a good a good place to look initially um and then i guess uh you know just listening around to different podcasts and um asking around to different people in the space to see if they know anyone that they could suggest to you that's that's close by um i tell you if if you're going to a like a a big um like corporation clinic and you walk in and they put you on heat with the first minute you walk in the door or they give you a bag of ice and tell you to sit down and, and sit with that for 10 minutes leave right away because that's not going to be a place that gives you quality care that's going to be a factory farm get you in get you out that sort of thing um <laughs> sorry no you i'm <laughs> laughing because i like i can name four places yeah. right now i'm not going so to, if you're going to a place like that and that that's like kind of the routine is like you go in you get some heat it feels nice the PT maybe stretches you for for five minutes and then they give you some exercises to do and they don't even watch you do them that's that's not a, a good place to be um, and yet people will go back because you don't know you know right. like and the, that, the, the doctor told me to come here I, some people I'm are gonna like, get better if I keep doing it I can go to yeah you know, and, 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 and you know it's a little you know? 
you, you have a copay at those places, so it's a little cheaper because most most places now that do like cash pay or self pay or anything like that um, are going to be a little more upfront. Um, but you'll usually spend less money in the long run because it, you know these these places they want you to go two, three, sometimes four days a week, and you're paying twenty bucks a pop. So what you would pay for one visit with someone else, you're, you're paying within that week. And you're right. going for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, you know? So you're, you're ended up spending a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's not usually a great, um, uh, great method of practice, I guess. Um, hey, that's yeah. great. It is called the clinical athlete. Um, right. And if I do remember correctly, cause I know you said they did background check or whatever, but I'm pretty sure that, Something like that. um, Dr. Hennick himself actually interviews each person individually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so he'll like have a, either cool. Skype one or like a phone interview where he'll actually ask you questions and like sit down and. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think. So saying that out loud now, I should probably. Uh, yeah, I now you've tied to yourself to it. That. That's yeah. it, yeah. All right, well, I mean, we're at a minute, we're at an hour 20 here. Oh, geez. So we're doing it. We can, we can do this all day long, it I probably think. Could. You know? um, what do you got? Plug, plug stuff, man. What do you got for plugs? Uh, I don't have much. Um, if you want to learn about weightlifting, you can come on down to the Providence Barbell Club. Um, I do some PT work. Uh, yeah, that's it. You can find us on, on Instagram and our website, Providence Barbell, ProvidenceBarbellClub.com. Um, Instagram at Providence Barbell Club or Providence Barbell Club. Um, yeah, that's really it. That's all I got. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, thanks for what you do for everything, the sport of weightlifting, all of it, man. I mean, yeah, thanks, thanks for being for, on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, hope to do more with you soon. Definitely. All right. Cool.